HavanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, it's Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic Podcast. Uh, we are back on our usual haunt. Um, this is haunted? This is haunted. Ghosts are well, here? I, I can tell you, maybe not haunted. Are they gay ghosts? They might be gay ghosts. Uh, I'll tell you something though, I am 60 or 70% confident that the zombie apocalypse started at some point today. Because I'm taking the bus into the city. Is it because of people licking stuff off of strippers' chests? Indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that would be the most embarrassing way to catch a cold, I think. Or a zombie <laughs> or, yeah, outbreak. Like, like, oh, yeah, like, I was, like, you know, going to die of the zombie apocalypse, so I went to the strip club. And then, like, you know, a little inappropriate touching. And then the next dude, rah, 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 now I have the zombie apocalypse. Just saying. So, yeah, I get on the bus. and some guy, Not that I would know about that. Yeah. Some guy is furiously Purelling his face <laughs> He's just got A giant bottle of Purell And he's squeezing it Into one hand And he's just Rubbing it All over his face well, Everyone and knows like, That the correct tech Is to gargle The bejesus Out of hydrogen peroxide well, And then <laughs> But that's the thing I get at Times Square You know Where I get off my bus And there's some guy Just walking alongside the bus In the curb With a big bottle Of hydrogen peroxide And he's just like Gargling it And spitting it out You gotta like like wash your lips with it as well I think like maybe your other porous areas maybe your nose even which is kind of a little bit uncomfortable it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a strange day and then do they think it's Innistrad block with their zombie apocalypse I don't know and then I get on the train and there's a woman eating a giant bag of like McDonald's fish fillet sandwiches she's just, just got, like, all fish fillet she's got all I guess that's the only thing I still come out of the bag she's got fish fillet sandwiches but the way she's eating them is she's just sitting there she's just kind of like she looks like Grim Grim or something. Who's Grim Grim? Grim Grim, like the from uh, from Innistrad. <laughs> <laughs> He's a zombie legend guy. And, I don't know about Grim Grim. And uh, and she's sitting there, and she's kind of like it's just like her whole body is just like slack in the seat, and she just takes the fish fillet and she like kind of like puts it flat against her mouth. Yeah. Not like the way you would normally bite it, but perpendicular to the way you would normally yeah. hold it, and then just pushes it. Into her mouth. Is she like a lamprey? And she's pushing her mouth and then chews it like open mouth, like I'm down on the train and occasionally takes a drink of shake, but still just open mouth chewing the entire time. And it was compelling and horrifying. Did you get it on on your phone? Because I, thought, I, thought I think it would be like a million YouTube hits. I, <laughs> I really I thought about it, but then she would give me the hairy eyeball. And her like, eyeballs were hairy? You know, you know, you know, it's like the hairy eyeball when someone gives you the hairy eyeball. I don't know about Grim Rim, the hairy eyeball, <laughs> zombie apocalypse. I, I can this is all this is, this is all too scary. Let's talk about Greek mythology. Greek mythology, like Percy Jackson. Like Percy so Jack- we're moving from the world of Twilight <coughs> to the world of Percy Jackson. Yes. Um, who's your favorite Percy Jackson character, Brian? I, I guess Percy Jackson. That's the only one you can name. I don't also know any Percy <laughs> Jackson characters. Although I'm reading uh, with the first Percy Jackson uh, book to one of my kids during night nights. Oh, that's somewhat. nice. Yeah. It's, it's not a great book. I mean, if you think about it from a writing standpoint. Like he wrote, he wrote, I've, I've read some stuff about it. He wrote the books for his kids. Yeah. Or his son who had uh, ADHD. Oh, yeah? And so, like, the idea, uh, the idea of the books is that 
people who suffer from ADHD are special, yeah. are touched by the gods or something. Yeah, so Percy Jackson has dyslexia, actually. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's because his brain is, is hardwired for ancient Greek, not right. for right. not for English. Parcel tongue. Obviously. <laughs> Parcel tongue. <laughs> Do you ever watch that, like... Um, these, any of these YouTube videos about like how a movie should have ended or like what's wrong with movies and stuff like there's this scene in the first Percy Jackson movie where they go into like Camp Half-Blood and like the commentator's like did J.K. Rowling just like sue the bejesus out of this scene this is just like a literal scene from from Harry Potter and uh, the Sorcerer's Stone like oh look this is where special children go to gain magical powers speaking of magical powers I saw this movie this weekend called um the Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. Oh yeah, well, did you did you like it? I mean, why did you see this? <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I wanted to see a movie. My kids like I, that was like semi not inappropriate. See, my my daughter's just like, yeah, I guess it was okay. And my son was like, I'm Jace. It's <laughs> like swinging an imaginary sword. It's just like a bunch of one percenters in their hidden school. Right. Um, Phil Collins' daughter in the lead. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, got it. Yeah, Collins. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Uh, yeah, that that one was not that bad. Not that good. Kick-Ass was not disappointing to me at all. I, have, I, haven't seen, I still haven't seen Kick-Ass 1. So. Kick-Ass 1 is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, I know. You've told me this. It's really good. The sec- like, but the reviews for Kick-Ass 2 were like, this is the worst movie of the year. It was not the worst movie of the year. It's not the worst movie I saw this summer. Did you see Wolverine? Yes. Did you like it? I didn't hate it. I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was actually... It was way better than the first one. Yeah, first yeah, one yeah. was yeah, terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was surprisingly talky for a superhero film, but in, I thought that the talky stuff was pretty good. Um, I thought the Easter egg was phenomenal. Yes. So. yeah, yeah. I think that, like, some of these movies, like, I mean, you know when they had the Hulk Easter egg, you know, at the end, and, and Iron Man's at the end of the Hulk movie? Spoilers from a movie that came yeah, out yeah, six yeah. years ago. Uh, you know, like, I think that people are going to mark out like crazy for that, and I, I think especially when they brought back Siri and McKellen and Patrick Stewart that people are like, oh! Yeah. I thought that their careers as Magneto and Professor X were over. <laughs> I thought that Dreamboat Michael Fassbender was now the Magneto of record. But apparently, the Entertainment Weekly covers weren't lying! You know, yeah. one of those. I'm pretty excited. That's pretty much my favorite X-Men story of all time. Days of Future Past. Yeah. Hands uh, let me think for a second. I really like Grant Morrison's run, which is like... If you're a real X-Men fan, probably horrible sounding to you. I, I mean, it's just it's just a matter like, it's it's good. I mean, it's but I mean, it's just built on. Right, it's just it's just John it's, Byrne. It's so, just built on the on the ground on on the shoulders of all the new X-Men stuff from the no, no, it was mid '80s. It's like he even said in later interviews, he just kind of like it was his Exile in Guyville, you know, like Exile in Guyville by yeah. Liz Fair. Yeah. Oh, you know, probably our intro music, right? right? Actually, the intro music they're using is from the second album, actually, I believe. Sure, but. Exile Guyville by Liz Fair is a is a track for track response to we Exile should, on Main Street. We should by, actually do Exile well, on Gay Street. All right, Exile on Gay Street because of you know cars are exiled and we do this podcast yeah. on the corner of Waverly and Gay Street. So, Exile on Gay Street is officially the name of this podcast. Anyway, um, Grant Morrison said that his his run was like a love letter to. Uh, Claremont and Byrne, right. and uh, who just kind of responded yeah, to all the yeah, stuff yeah. they did. Yeah. I, I really like that. I thought he had a lot of good twists and turns. But I think he might hate superheroes. Like he spent all this time developing and breaking down the Batman mythos, and he just ended his run like a month ago. Yeah. And he said like everyone's going to hate the ending. And I, 
ever read. I haven't read his Batman stuff. I mean, he makes you love stuff so he can destroy it. Sure. And then, like, he just has this thing that takes, like, seven years to build this story, to develop these new characters, to look at characters in a different way, and he's like, huh, let's just have a sword fight between Talia and Bruce. Who's going to win a sword fight between freaking Talia and Bruce? I'm going to assume Bruce? <laughs> well, I don't know. The greatest man in the history of the world in the DC Universe versus some girl in a sword fight. All right, did I, did I tell you my idea for a Batman TV show? No. I think you're going to think this is, like, the best idea ever. I, probably. I like a lot of your ideas. Okay. So, you know how Smallville focuses... is a Superman TV show, but it really doesn't... He's not yet Superman? Yeah. How about a Batman TV show where Bruce Wayne has decided to become Batman, but is not yet Batman? All before year one. So it's him wandering around the Alps, <clears throat> learning how to fight, wandering around the back alleys of Paris, learning how to be a detective. So he's just a screw-up? It's him learning how to be Batman. It's yeah. him going through all his training, meeting all these characters, and it's just, it's it's just like, like Indiana Jones meets James Bond meets, you know, Batman. Do you, do you have an opinion on Damian Wayne? I, I don't know who that is. Do you know? Oh, so Damian Wayne is was Robin for the last few years. Sure. He's the son of he's the actual son of Bruce Wayne. So you know, like Tim Drake and 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 Richard Grayson are like the adopted sons. Of, sure. He's like the actual child of Bruce Wayne's testicles. Sure. And his mother is Talia. Yeah. Uh, Talia Al Ghul. So he's basically the greatest... His purpose in existing is he's like the greatest human being ever to be born. And um, he's like envisioned to be the heir to Ra's Al Ghul's empire. Like when Ra's finally runs out of Lazarus. Pits, yeah. right? So like the impetus to Grant Morrison's run is that Talia walks up to Gotham City one day and is like, here's your kid. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean here's our kid? And she's like, uh... You know, some night in the desert X years ago. It's like, oh, I'm very virtuous billionaire playboy. And so she's like, go train him to do something useful. But, like, Damien has spent his entire childhood, like, learning to become the king of assassins, right? So he comes and he's like, I'm going to be Robin. But he doesn't really have that language yet. So his first his first thing that he wants to do is just kill Richard Grayson and Tim Drake because why would you need false sons? <laughs> now that the real... Like, that's like the first thing that he thinks of. He's like, oh, I will just behead Tim Drake. <laughs> so like, that's day one. Doesn't seem yeah. <laughs> so he's like, why do you need false sons, right? So then like, the, the, then, like, so Bruce dies. You know, Grant Morrison kills Bruce. I mean, obviously, Bruce came back, but he kills Bruce, like, fighting Darkseid or whatever. And so um, Richard Grayson inherits the mantle of Batman. So <clears throat> Damian Wayne becomes Robin for the first time. And, look, there's this amazing dynamic that, like, Robin is an asshole and Batman's this really nice guy. He's, <laughs> like, Dick Grayson. It's, like, kid acrobat. Like, he just has all of Bruce's money to, like, do cool things and everything. He's just, like, so well-meaning and everything. And then he's just this, like, asshole sidekick. He's, like, I'm Robin and I'm very grim. <laughs> or, like, you know, Damian Wayne will just walk into Wayne, Wayne Corp and just be, like, start running a meeting. And then everyone's just, like, well, his mom was Talia Al Ghul. <laughs> Dad, Bruce Wayne. We just do whatever he said. For those of you who don't know, Talia Al Ghul was like the head of LexCorp when Lex Luthor became president in in the DC universe. Th- those who didn't know include me. Yeah. So Lex Luthor was the president for a while. Yeah. So he had, so he had to divest Lex, LexCorp. He's like, oh, I'll get Talia Al Ghul to run my company. That's not smart. She just took all of his money, embezzled it, and left the country. <laughs> That's was like, oh, maybe you should pick a supervillain. <laughs> To be the head of your company, smartest man in the DC universe. So yeah, so he's like a ten-year-old kid, and he's just smarter than everyone else in the in the boardroom, and also an asshole. But yeah, I think he's a really a phenomenally great character. Like he's just this jerky Robin, and um, anyway, 
Uh, Grant Morrison made all these things for us to love so he could destroy them. Okay. Because that's the kind of person you're he saying, is. You're saying I shouldn't bother just... I mean, it's a good ride. Okay. There's a good lot... There's, like, a lot of good Good all collected in trades? Kind of not really. I mean, look, you have an iPad. I just... Yeah. I just read everything like just that. Just comicsology. Like, I mean, you know, back in the day when I was, like, doing comic book island stuff, sometimes I'd hang out with the Marvel editors, and I was like, oh, I really like the stuff that, you know, Grant Morrison's doing on X-Men. They're like, look, man, he doesn't write X-Men comics. He writes Grant Morrison comics. <laughs> and he's like, look, you got to give him credit. You know, he sells a lot of X-Men comics. That's good for us. Sure. But let's make no bones about it. <laughs> he writes Grant Morrison comics. Wolverine doesn't act like this. <laughs> Wolverine isn't like this samurai who goes off into the woods and thinks about things. He's a berserker who destroys stuff in front of him, you know? I would argue. I don't know. Yeah, he is now. No, I mean, I mean that was the Claremont Miller Wolverine was, was sort of... I mean, that, that seems like, again, built on the Claremont yeah. crust that he created for the character. I love I love the Morrison stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Magic the Gathering, for those of you who are still here, <laughs> is, a, is a card game created by Richard Garfield in 1993. The umpteenth release. This is, well, I mean, this is, this is year... We're, we're now officially... Year 21. In, in year 21. This is going to be the first... Uh, release in the third decade of magic history. And we're going back about 3,000 years. Yeah, fittingly. In, in mythology. So you're talking about Tehiros. Te- is it really Tehiros? No, it's Theros. I've got to mess with me. I, I don't I just believe anything. Yeah, I mean, you, you tried <laughs> telling me something about Lex, Luke, Lex Luther being the president. So Who's the president? I have to get back at you. But, uh... So, you know how his presidency went down? He just put on his, like, Lex Luthor bad guy Iron Man suit, <laughs> injected kryptonite into his arms, he's like, let me go fight Batman and Superman. Yeah. Is that how you act if you're the most powerful man in the world? I mean, Lex Luthor's got good press. He gets good press. You're the president of the United States, and you're like, this is, this is how I'm going to go down in a ball of fire. I'm going to put on an Iron Man suit and start punching Superman. You understand, you understand that all comics are built ultimately on the premise that it makes financial sense to build million-dollar robots to rob a jewelry store. <laughs> like, when you think about, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I've... You know, we're some, you know, insane... Inter- we're intergang, and we've got these, you know... Apocalypse weapons. We've got these weapons. From another planet. <laughs> let's, let's rob a bank. <laughs> Are those laser guns? No. <laughs> they never miss, and if they hit you, they erase you from time and space. Laser guns. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to erase anybody from time and space, and nobody wants to be erased from time and space. So put the money in the bag. And, uh, pass those baseball cards while you're at it. Have you read this comic book, Chew? I haven't, it's but I've seen it. so good. So good. Is that uh, Jeff Lemire? No. Yeah. That's not. Uh, Jeff, uh, he does, uh, well, he did Sweet Tooth. Was Sweet Tooth, thing. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal Man. I, I think Chew's way better than either of Who does Chew? Uh, John Lehman, I believe, okay. and Rob Gilroy. And it's exactly the kind of comic you would think that I wouldn't like, especially from the, from the art. But uh, the high concept is that like, the people who have superpower, superpowers in this universe all have food-related superpowers, so you would like it. So some guys can eat food and then remember, like, all the things that happened to it beforehand. Like, they would know, like, the poor fate of the cow that was there, their hamburger. And some people can eat things and be like, oh, they know what will happen to this thing in the future. So they might bite you, Brian David Marshall, and know right. what you're going to do tomorrow. Or, like, some people can, like make sculptures out of chocolate that are very realistic. It's um it's it's all food related. That's oh. why it's called chew. Awesome. 
It's really good. I, I think that anyone who doesn't usually read comics, who takes comic reference, uh, recommendations from this podcast, which is more than a few of you, I know you're not willing to admit it, Matt Sperling, Chew uh, <laughs> um, is a, a high recommendation from yours truly. And now, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, I, so we're, we're actually going to do one of these like fancy pants five or six part like official or official 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 Canadian yeah official with a U O U F F I official official we're gonna do like a big you know a big deal preview are we gonna do it from the street I think maybe we'll sit down in the office oh man that's lame or in the street we can do it in the street we're street actually yeah we should do it in the street we're street we're thugs yeah Especially you. Yeah, that's me. Uh, but but in the meantime, we've been talking about stuff as it's been officially spoiled. So we talked about a handful of cards on the last podcast, like the Cavalry Pegasus. I, I choose not to revisit the Cavalry Pegasus. Yeah. Ooh, this is a silly-looking border. <laughs> so uh, Celestial Archon, 3WW for a rare enchantment creature Archon, 4-4. Four, four. So, and it has an ability called Bestow, 5WW. Uh, so it's Flying First Strike Creature. So it's just like strictly better than a Sarah Angel or comparable to a Sarah Angel. No, a Sarah Angel is Vid. This guy doesn't have Vid, He right? has First Strike, though. So that's comparable. <clears throat> I would say on par. No, I disagree. I think Vid allows you to play offense, defense. First Strike just lets you win fights, but who, no one blocks. Sure. So <laughs> it's irrelevant. Okay, so slightly worse than a Sarah Angel. It's, I think it's a better card than a Sarah Angel but, overall. But Bestow, so Bestow is like a weird mechanic. So it lets you, if you cast this card for its Bestow cost, if it's an aura spell, I'm sorry, if you, it, it is if an you aura, cast this if you card cast for it its bestow. bestow cost, it's an aura spell with enchant creature. It becomes a creature again if it's not, attached, uh, not attached to a creature. Interestingly, so if I play this targeting my Invisible Stalker, yep. and you um, Edict the invisible, Edict stalker. invisible Stalker, you get the Archon. This, the Archon still comes into play as a creature. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting mechanic. It's really expensive. Yeah, though. so the Bestow costs are really expensive, but like you get this kind of weird card advantage out of them, right? Right. So I think that it's really interesting. I'm not and sure if it's good. even if you kill a creature that's enchanted, then. Uh, so, if you kill the creature that it's enchanted, that's enchanted with this, then it also becomes a creature? Yeah. Well, no, no, not if it's on the stack. It just goes to the bin. What? If you're bestowing and you kill the guy in response, it'll just go to the bin. No. That is not correct. It will come into play as a creature. Even if I'm bestowing it? Yes. Really? Yes. That seems very non-intuitive. Yeah, we had a whole discussion about this with Eric Smith on our mailing list. Okay. Um, well... So that's good. I, I still if you don't... kill the creature, it's still... I'll, so be, it's... I'll be honest. I still don't buy this as a playable constructed card. Well, this, this certainly... Not, I mean, seven's a lot, right? Yeah. Five, and no one's playing Seller Angel, which we just determined... Is On fundamentals, is a little bit better. It's a little bit better. So, But the mechanic is certainly very interesting. We'll have to wait and see if there's any, you know, anything priced to sell. Fair in enough. The, in the bestow department. Well, right now, you'd say this is... Uh, delete. <laughs> oh, very good. I forgot about that. Okay. So we're deleting the first two. Okay. Chain to Rocks. I like this card a lot. Oh, I haven't seen that one. So it Chain to cool Rocks picture. is an enchantment aura. Costs a single white mana. Uh, enchant Mountain you control. So this is really a multicolored card. Yeah. 
when Chain to Rocks enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Chain to the Rocks leaves the battlefield. So you enchant your own thing, and then it like basically pacifisms your opponent's thing. Well, it, it path to exiles it. It removes them from the game. It exiles it. So it's kind of an O-ring, actually. It's kind of an O-ring for one mana. As long as you but, have red. But you have to be playing a mountain. You could just be playing, like, Sacred Sa- Foundry. I mean, Sacred Foundry is an awesome... You know, I'd happily play this on turn one on my Sacred Foundry against your bird, right? Yeah, it's like a plow. Yeah. It's really a weird card. It is really a weird card. <laughs> you know, take three, do this, and mod. I don't know. It's and if somebody, like, Stone Ranger Mountain, it's, like, double bad then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> or, like... But in, like, Constructed? Like, in Standard? Is anyone gonna Stone Ranger Mountain? I mean, there hasn't been a Stone Ranger in forever. Yeah. So... But, so... Yes, no, save, delete... It's a save, I think. I think it's a save. I mean, I mean, it's obviously in a certain deck only. Sure. Is it only creatures or is it perm? Target creature. All right, so it's not like it's like a weird plow O-ring it's, thing. It's Path to Nowhere. Uh, Journey to Nowhere. What was it? No. Oh, yeah, Journey to Nowhere. Journey to Nowhere. Yeah. That was the one uh, When you one. say it like that, I like it way less because I hated that card. Yeah. All right. Sure. Continue. Elspeth Sons Champion. This is Planeswalker Elspeth. It costs four WW, which Six. is a lot for a Planeswalker. But we've seen, we've seen Garrick, uh, Caller of Beasts, Caller of be Beasts, awesome. be awesome, be, be very playable. Uh, comes into play with four loyalty. It has a plus one ability. Put three one one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield, so it protects itself reasonably okay. I mean, that's just like its ability, right? Like, what would you pay to get three three white creature tokens? In the neighborhood of five. I mean, is that you pay four pretty happily, right? And this has like a poly on it, right? You could just like block, block, and then still do it again next turn. I mean, you have to be planning to play a game that's going to take a few turns for this to have any kind of efficacy, right? Then it has a minus three ability, which is also pretty good. Destroy all creatures with power four or greater. So the thing that's interesting about this is you could just play it for six, destroy the biggies, right? And then you still have a loyalty left to keep Elspeth alive. So she can fundamentally come down and then just wrap big style. But, I mean, are we worried about having a lot of big style monsters in play? I don't know. That's, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then she has this ultimate that's kind of a crappy ultimate. I mean, you get an emblem with creatures you control and get plus two, plus two and have flying. That's a, I mean, double crusade and flying. I mean, like, didn't win the game or anything. Like, they're, they're, the guys aren't even, like, indestructible. <coughs> sure. Uh, I mean, it's not horrible, right? It, but you, it still takes four turns to level that. Yeah. I mean, like, that's... I'm not going to delete it, because most Planeswalkers are awesome. Six, six is pretty prohibitive, and she... I mean, she certainly doesn't have that kind of, like, game-altering power or velocity that you see from, like, from Garrick. Like, Garrick is just, oh, come yeah, down, you just come like, down and just rip four cards off the top of my library. You just play it for six just, and drop a seven. Just drop something huge into play. Like, I, I, we saw it at um, the World Championships or during the Magic World Magic Cup. We saw someone using it in a, just a limited deck and just go, okay, I'm going to put this card into play. I'm going to draw five cards next turn, put this card into play, and, like, just made, like, 17 mana. You know, had, like, 17 mana with it as a result. It was insane. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no direct abusability from this that, that is obvious on the card's face. Like, 
Garrick, you could look at it even if you weren't sure it was going to be good and be like, well, this is always going to be a net savings if you can get a seven down for six, right? Right. But we don't see that with Ells. I never, I can, I can, I can't imagine this as a four of in a deck, but I could, I could easily imagine it as a one of. I could easily imagine losing in a one v one Q to Andrew Cunio playing this card. Yeah. <laughs> I think that my lifetime record against Andrew Cunio in one v one Qs is like zero and twenty one. That's not good. Yeah, he's my, very good. My, my lifetime record against him on in televised feature matches is 0-1. So. Yeah. I play against Andrew Cunio a lot in yeah. 1v1 games. So, save or delete? <laughs> it's a save. It's not an enthusiastic save. but Right. Uh, Gift of Immortality. This is a, kind of an interesting card. Uh, 2W for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield. Attach to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. I feel like this is almost a great card. Feels really good. Like, it feels like if you get this online, it's real tough to lose an attrition war as long as your creature matters. Right, it's kind of, I mean, at three mana, it's a little tricky, right? Like, the, the first time you play it, there's obviously an opportunity to kill the creature. Um, also, there's an opportunity to kill the creature again when it comes like, into play before the beginning of the next end step, but that's fine. Like, the thing is, like, you think about creatures that have... Enter the battlefield triggers, you know, you think about, you know, cre- you know, I mean, like, imagine getting this on the new Shadowborn Demon, or whatever that card is. Oh, that guy that has to sack? Yeah. You're like, uh, sack it. <laughs> it comes back. Or like, Kill your guy. Imagine, like, if you're playing, like, Disciple of Bolas. Right. You know, with a, a cre- like, a, a value creature. How about, how about this? Ready? How about I sack this creature to my bubbling cauldron and gain four life and make an angel? Why would anyone do that? <laughs> is it a festering newt? It could be a festering newt. Because if it's a festering newt, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I think I'm a buyer if it's a festering newt. <laughs> what if I sacrifice my festering yeah. newt? What's our investment here? Two plus one plus one, four plus three. Uh, so it's, is it seven or eight? I can't, I can't even count that high. What our investment on a festering newt is. Six, it's seven. It's seven? Not including an angelic accord, then it's an eleven. But, I mean, buyer. Yeah, I think this card's good. I mean, uh, and also, and also, we you know we know there's an ability coming in, coming up. We haven't we haven't talked about it yet, but heroic, you know, auras are going to be a big part of heroic, and especially an aura that's recurring, that is the ability to, to come back into play and target a creature again. And I mean, it's it's a non-zero in that it's actually got a white mana symbol on it, and it, you know, coming back, coming back, uh, it can be. It could be building toward your devotion. Right. Counters. It also it also it yeah. also works towards devotion. Okay. Uh, so another mechanic in this set: God's willing, white instant. It's common. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Scry one. This seems like the most insane card. I think it's so good. It seems really good to me. I mean, isn't Faith Shield like a, a staple? I mean, sir. I mean, it's way better than odds, Faith Shield. The odds that Craig, that Craig Wesco won't be playing God's willing in his deck. For, for Pro Tour, for Pro Tour Theros is very small. I, mean, I think this is a Brian Kibler card. Like Brian Kibler loves a face shield because I'll be honest with you. The difference between Craig Weissman and Brian Kibler is that the creature that Brian Kibler is saving with this is worth saving. <laughs> right, it's it's Knight of the Reliquary yeah, level like, creature yeah. where you know like Craig, Craig Weissman's like saving a garbage two one. He's like, I'm going to save my experiment one. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I mean, nothing. To get, I mean, Craig obviously won the last pro tour. It's, it's like they don't call it Elite Vanguard for nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Craig's saving garbage, and Kibler's saving quality so stuff. So you, you like this instant... It's awesome. Uh, scry one. I mean, you love a Scry, don't I you? love a Scry. This is just a preordain. It's like a... Well, it's an interesting yeah. rate. It's, it's like a preordain, you, you can... You can cycle it, right? Like, if you have a creature, you can just cycle it and, and you know, filter through. I mean, just like, let's say, like, you're playing Legacy, right? And then you're like, uh, God's willing that thing. Snapcaster Mage rebuy, God's willing. God's willing my Snapcaster Mage block, block. That's nowhere near good enough <laughs> for Legacy. <laughs> so but it was pretty cool to see. But you could do it in you could do that in modern for sure. I mean, and it might be good enough. I mean, there's all kinds of cards. Like I'm sure there's going to be some sort of analog to Geist of Saint Traps, which is good enough that I would want to save. Sure. You know. So, so this is definitely yeah, a, that's, this a, that's, is, that's the best card we've seen so far. So, uh, an enthusiastic save yeah. from Mike. So, Heli- I'm sorry. Was that the best card we saw so far? <laughs> all right. Heliod, God of the Sun. So this is the new card so frame. You read it all. Read it slow. 3W. Silly card frame so again. Costs, so it costs 4 mana. Took converted. 3W. But only one white in the... Yeah. Legendary Enchantment Creature God. It's a Legendary Enchantment Creature God. It is indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than 5, Heliod is not a creature. The first time I read that, I'm like, oh, man, it's so awesome. He's not a creature. You can't even kill it. <laughs> that's not how it, that's no, how not it how means it at all. So, so it's not not a creature. And so um, devotion means it's, like, it's kind of like a redo of Chroma. Right? So basically you need to have five white mana symbols. Yeah. In five, five pips. Five pips. Five white pips uh, in play for this to be a creature. But its ability, regardless of whether or not its creature is, other creatures you control have vigilance, which is okay. Not for four. Not for four. <laughs> uh, then it also for, has an for, ability. For W, it, it would also, still not be playable. But, <laughs> then but it sure. has another ability that says 2WW, put a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. That's actually sweet, whether or not he's in creature mode. Like, yeah. That's like a... Was that like Armed Militia was the name of that card? Yeah, yeah. Um, something. So are the, Now, those guys, do they carry pips? Because they're white. They do not. They do not carry You pips. can't just like use Heliod no. to make Heliod. You need you need the white mana Actual symbol. guys. Yes. I think this card's pretty powerful. Someone, someone pointed out that Gift of Orzova might be... You know, so there's a lot of enchantment stuff. Yeah. Enchantments matter. Like, I think Bing Luke was talking today, like, Gift of Orzova might be an interesting card if people are playing an aura-based deck. You know, because... It's got two it's, W's. It's two W's towards your devotion. This is the kind of card where I, I don't know if Craig is normally willing to spend a full four mana on a card. Sure. But, um, you know, he could ramp up, right? Because he's going to play like a one drop and a two drop. They're going to have white, white mana symbols. He's going to have the five on so, turn but, four but, for sure. But, so, so let's just... And we haven't even gotten to the fact that if you have that devotion, yeah. it's a five six. Indestructible. Indes- it's indestructible no matter what. You can't disenchant this. Yeah. You can't... Like, you almost don't want to have the devotion. Because you don't want them to be able to, like, you know, force you to sacrifice it somehow. Yeah, I mean, like, that's BS. Oh, what do you mean you don't want the devotion? So you don't want the 5, 6, or 4? You just, you just yeah, want I, the, the vigilance machine? Well, I want the token machine. And yeah, I, it's like 8 mana for a 2-1 yeah. bitch. Yeah, well. That's, 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 that's too many for, for that much text. We're thinking long game here, Mike. Real long game. Uh, yes. So this is a save? That's a save. It's a good card. I, I mean, I actually think the... the the God's Willing is better than this card, but this is the next best card. What do you think? I, I mean, I think that this card is much more exciting. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a mythic rare. Yeah. God's Willing is a common. That's how they make it. I like God's Willing. I mean, I think God's Willing is going to be more narrowly used. I think people are going to try harder I think on that this card. Brian Kibler is going to, like, God's Willing the bejesus out of four drop green creatures. Right, I mean, yeah. It's a, and I mean, it's a counter destroy people in fights. A uh, hundred handed one. There's two, a good flavor on this one. Two WW. Yeah. Creature Giant Rare. Vigilance. 3-5. So it's a, a 3-5 Vig for 4. It's not Which really not good great. enough. Uh, then it has uh, 3 WWW Monstrosity 3. So it means if this creature is not monstrous, pay that. It six becomes monstrous. It and you get 3 counters. So it becomes a 6-8 monstrous. But that's an investment of 10 mana now. Sure. As long as 100 Handed 1 is monstrous, it has reach... And can block an additional 99 creatures each combat. Because he's got 100 hands. He's got 100 hands. I think Becker might like this one. <laughs> it's got reach. This is not really a constructed quality card, unless you're talking about maybe maybe block. I am certainly going to play the heck out of this in Commander. Is it? Why is it good in Commander? Because no one's attacking me ever. I'm just... I'll block 99 guys. Oh, block everything. I've got some way to make this guy indestructible. I'm stupid. All right, if you say so. I, I don't see this being a, a strong construct candidate. No, but it's exciting to block 99 guys. Yeah. And you, you know that as soon as you play this in constructive format, someone's going to be like, make 120 tokens, attack you with everybody. You're dead. I already did that in my imagination. Did you? No. Uh, Vanquish the Foul. This is a 5W for a sorcery. Very slowly Vanquish the Foul. <laughs> yeah, uh, destroy target creature with power four or greater. Scry one. I mean, would you play this in limited? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not. It's oh, it's and it only kills biggies, right? Yeah, it only kills biggies. But that seems like there's a lot of biggies in this format. All right. I mean, this is like a maybe you cut it in limited, even though, right? Oh, it's I could scry one. I could see myself cutting. I mean, depending on the deck, I could see myself cutting it. Well, this is not the type of card I love to play in limited. I never even want to play Angelic Edict in limited, like which costs five. But at six, the fact that you have scry one's actually very significant at that stage of the game, especially if you guys are in yeah. top deck mode or you're yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for your last bomb. Kill your guy, push a yeah. land. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. But 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 the fact that you're talking about limited means we're deleting this for constructed. Yeah, yeah. No, no vanquish the foul with constructed. The foul will live. Okay. Uh Wingsteed Rider. So this is one of the first cards with heroic that we've seen. Uh one WW Creature Human Knight. Flying Tutu. So he's a, he's a common. already just better than a lot of cards that have been played and constructed in the past. Right. He's just like on par with uh, like that Griffin that actually saw play in, in constructed, right? Well, was another Griffin, like diving Griffin or something. It was like white, white one, two, two flying. Yeah, there's a, but there's a white, white one, two, three flyer, Sunspire Griffin right now in yeah. standard that nobody's playing. But I'm has, just saying, like, just in the past, we've seen. Oh yeah, yeah, three mana flyers. Yeah. Sure, people play heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Wingsteed Rider, put a plus one plus one counter on Wingsteed. Rider. So he perms up. Yeah. The plus one plus one counters. It's not just like an end of turn. So you go ethereal armor. Uh, targeting him, he gets a plus one plus one, and then he gets a plus one plus one from the ethereal armor, or rancor on him, or yeah. He gets heroic. Yeah. And the fact that it's pumping toughness is actually pretty significant, right? Right. You you could this could get pretty out of hand. I mean, obviously not hexproof or anything like that. But I mean, it's not like there's cards like Azorius. <laughs> uh, Don't you hate how like they make all these like white creatures like Fiend Slayer Paladin that are like semi-resilient and just horrible against Azorius Charm? Fiend Slayer Paladin is so good. 
just so good. I think this card's alright. Save or delete? I think I'd save him. Really? Yeah, where would you put uh, Sky Knight Legionnaire? Uh, Ahead of this guy? Yeah. Sky Knight, oh no, wait, Sky Knight Legionnaire is the haste one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably below this guy. Sky Knight Legionnaire is a clearly playable creature. Does he get played, though? I mean, people aren't playing Boros decks. Like, I think, like, when the mana bases get worse in a few weeks, that they'll, they'll like, you'll see Boros decks, right. not like... Oh, yeah, people freaked out when we said the words Naya Blitz in the last podcast. Why, why, why are they, like, because Cavern of Souls? Well, just because your mana is going to be bad that you can't There's cast gonna the three... There's going to be dual lands. you can't cast the three-colored deck. There's going to be dual lands. It's going to be something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or I mean, maybe we're wrong. There's going to be Boros decks then. Like, right, right. That's what I was saying. I was saying, like, just pretend that when I say Naya, I mean just Boros or Gruul. <laughs> and or Gruul. <laughs> and there's there's no Flint of Gore, though. Yeah, no, no. Flint of That Gore's... guy's a monster. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't like this You don't guy. like him? I don't like this guy. Maybe I'm just more kind than you on this one. You are. You are definitely kinder on me than this one. I I don't see it. Like, I mean, I I love a gnarled mass. <laughs> this guy's better than a gnarled mass. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just... I, I just think of the immortal words of Paul Reedsel. I play two twos for every casting cost. <laughs> play two twos at one. Play two twos at two. Play two twos at three. Play two twos at four. He did. He's no Adam Chambers, so he doesn't play them at five. I don't think he played them at five, but he had a deck once that was like Isamaru Hound of Conda, uh, like Hand of Honor, Kitsumi Blade Master, uh, Hakori Dust Drinker. He literally had two twos at the first four cast costs. I mean, the guy, he knows a white weenie. But, so you, you could I, I just have a hard time seeing this card get played. All right. But, I mean. We'll send. We can we'll save. ask Craig what he thinks, because if you scry on this guy, if he if he gets the God's Devotion or whatever, what's it, God's... Oh, I mean, that's pretty exciting. He's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty sweet. Protect him, make him a 3-3, three, three, scry one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Artisan of Forms. So... This is a one and a U, one U, for a human wizard, uh, heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Artisan of Forms, you may have Artisan of Forms become a copy of target creature and gain this ability. So it could get big? Yeah, this, this as long as you have a way to target it, it becomes a copy of your, of basically the best creature on the board. What a jerk face, right? Oh, no. It's like a phantasmal image, right? Yes. That you need to target to set it up, but it doesn't have its, like, just die immediately, right? Correct. So yeah. and and when you think about it, like the you have to cast you, a spell, so a passive ability to target. Like you can't just equip it and make it become. No, but you could say, put Gift of Orzova on it, and suddenly it becomes a copy of your opponent's Fiend Slayer Paladin. Fiend Slayer Paladin, and is just better. So it so it's heroic. Is it just becomes the best thing in play? Right. I am on the fence on this one. I think I want to save it. I think I want to, too. I'm a little dubious about it. I mean, I feel like feels like it's going to be hard to consistently execute on this It's card. asking a lot. It's asking it's a lot of things need to happen. You need to have something that targets it. You need to have not wanted to use it. Like, yeah. really, like It's and, in the wrong color is actually the problem. If it were a green or a white card, I would be like, oh, yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah. Because, like, you, I mean, you want to put an armor. You want to put an uh, Unflinching Courage. You want to put one of those things on it. But, like, a blue creature... We're not talking about Geist of St. Traft here. Like, there's no more invisible soccer. That deck is going to go to green-white. Right. That's the, you know, that deck's going to become 
just nothing although, but although like late cover scouts and witch stalkers and, and a Johnny in there a few is, weeks. There is um, what's the card? It's a card from the last set. I'm not I'm already forgetting, but it's um, it's like a blue card that gives like minus five, minus zero, and then you can pay to return the card to your hand. I don't remember this card. Yeah. Oh, the the bouncing card. It's a it's an enchantment that you're able to. It's an aura that you're able to bounce. Yeah, I, I'm just saying like. I think I, I'm on the fence. I'm, I don't want to delete it yet, but it's 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 missing something for me. It doesn't have that je ne sais quoi. Right. So quote yeah. our friends from Quebec. I would I would again certainly play this commander. I see this. You play anything commander? No, I won't Whatever play I say that that's like this is I a good thing. Like, I'll play this in commander. I think cards that are on the fence. I think yeah. specifically cards that are on the fence in a regular constructed format are playable in Commander, which is just slower and lets you do more stuff and has more bizarre interactions. Fair enough. So, that's, that's all. I would, I would, you know, I'll play anything that copies stuff. It's also hella good. So, I had a short Commander discussion on Twitter last week where I wanted to play If, you know that guy, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Because I want to make a deck called uh, Wait wait For It. Wait For It? <laughs> Let, let's talk. Legend Wait for it, dairy. Yeah. It's all legends and suspense. The people are like, "You're so stupid. Just play Johira. It's way better at suspend." Here is pretty good. Yeah, and I was just like, "Yeah, you're ruining my day." Because I wanted to play that called Legend. Wait for it, dairy. Wait for if. Wait. Well, yeah. Wait for if, dairy. Yeah. Uh, Curse of the Swine. X U U sorcery rare. Exile X target creatures. For each creature exiled this way, its controller puts a 2-2 green boar creature token onto the battlefield. So this is like a, a retelling of Cersei, right? What's that? Yeah. Cersei from the Odyssey, um, making stuff into pigs. Yeah. It's kind of weird, like, would you make your own... I mean, let's say you had a way to make a bunch of tokens. Would you right. then invest a card and a ton of mana to make them into 2-2s? Two I mean, possibly. I mean, if they make them into bacon, you should be able to just, like, sack them for two life then, too. Ooh. Yeah, but you don't, right? Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. I think it seems kind of terrible. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It's a million mana. It's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of mana, and, you know, what, I mean, I guess, I mean, you have to target the creatures. I don't, I have no idea what. Do you want to target your opponent's creatures? Like. I mean, you do sometimes, right? Like, you certainly pongify, and you certainly... Yeah, but that costs one. It costs one, and That's it's an instant. Trick. And it's yeah. an instant, yeah. And it can be useful on your own guys. Yeah, people, people pongify their own guys way more than yeah. they pongify yeah. the opponent's guys these days because they want to set up an evolve counter, you know? Right. And, like, yeah, this seems terrible to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all <laughs> fine. I'm good with deleting this without yeah, like, question. It's the next Angelica Accord. They said it was terrible. Okay, so Lost in a Labyrinth. Uh, you for an instant target creature gets minus three, minus zero until end of turn. Scry one, so it's like a reverse giant growth. I I, I don't like it for constructed. Yeah, I mean, the card's awesome. In yeah, I think it's sweet and limited, but like it's obviously an awesome trick. So when a combat play limited, this card in your deck at the pre-release. But like, I'm just telling you right now, just play this card. You're not going to have it in your starting pile, most likely. Just put it in. This card's going to be awesome. But for you. blue decks and constructed don't generally get into combat situations. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's not worth it. So it's a delete. Yeah, for constructed. Yep. Yeah. Omen speaker, one U, for a one three, uh, human wizard. So it's the same stats as an auger of bolus. When Omen Speaker enters the battlefield, scry two. So it's substantially worse than an Augur Bolus. Instead of getting the card, you just scry. Correct. And yet? And yet? It might be good enough. <laughs> yet? 
Hitting save. <laughs> save. Agreed. You because know, sometimes you don't hit with the auger balls, but you're always able to like do a sweet stry here. Right. You know, I, I think this is a save. And if you have like a restoration angel effect, which you won't, <laughs> but or some kind of effect similar, yeah, yeah, some sort of blinky effect. This card, this um, is a save. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. so much worse than auger balls. Also save. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sea Lock Monster. Uh, I I love this card flavor wise. It uh, looks like a some sort of tentacled monster. Yeah. Three UU for an octopus. Five five. Sea Lock Monster can't attack unless defending player controls an island. Okay. Okay. And then it has Monstrosity 3, but the cost on that is 7. It's yeah. 5 UU. So if the creature is a monstrous, put three counters on it, and it becomes monstrous. When Sea Lock Monster becomes monstrous, target land becomes an island in addition to its other types. So this is like a limited mid to late pack awesome slam. Yeah, I mean, this and is great, right? He just yeah, he's like a slammer in mid to late pack. Yep. And like. You're like, oh, you idiots didn't take it earlier, but he's never really going to go that early, and he'll win the game later. Yeah. So he's basically like, what's that guy used to play? Harbor Serpent? Yeah, he's like... I, I could never have too many Harbor Serpents. Yeah, this guy, this guy is like an 8-8 eight, eight attack yeah. later. Not constructed playable. No. But, uh, but, personally, but a nice piece of flavor. I could never have too many Harbor Serpents. Yeah. Uh, another creature, very similar, Shipbreaker Kraken. Oh, so like he looks like a giant crab? Yeah, he's a, he's a kraken. He's like a, a crab with like a space helmet? With some sort of carapace. Okay. So he's four... So <laughs> Remember Homerid? Yeah. Four UU. Creature kraken. Rare. Six six. Look at these blue giants with yeah. like efficient stats. Yeah, these like, are like green you're like, creatures. You're like blue creatures don't get into fights. I don't know. Uh, so this In constructed, they don't get into fights. So this guy's a 6-6 six, six rare for, for six mana. She's like Dead Bridge, uh, Dead Eye Navigator stats. Okay. You know. Uh, but he has Monstrosity 4. 6 UU. So you can get this guy to a 10-10. You can get this guy to a 10-10. It costs 8. When Shipbreaker so 14 Kraken, mana investment yeah, on a card. When Shipbreaker Kraken becomes monstrous, tap up to four target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's untap steps. For as long as you control ship Oh my thinking. god, that card is sweet. <laughs> it's really sweet. And it just gets it in its tentacles. It's insanely sweet. It's not good. It's sweet, though. This is going in my commander deck. It's like sir- I know, I, it's syrupy. Is- you pour it all over, like, whatever. It's so sweet. Yeah, this is this is going in. This is definitely going in my moment. And delete. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Delete. Yeah. Uh, Thassa's Emissary. So Thassa's Emissary has got a goofball border. Yep. It's, so this is an enchantment What's the name of that border? The Nyx border, they're calling it? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Oh. I can't even spell Nyx right. Th- three U for an enchantment creature crab with bestow five U. So we talked about bestow earlier. Right. So um, whenever Thassa's Emissary or enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus three, plus three. This card should be really good, but I just don't think it's going to be. So you just play it as a 3-3 for four mana. It's like a huge Ophidian. Right. And, and yeah, but it's got to be this creature, so... There was a time when this would have just been the best creature in Standard. Like, I remember we used to play the Curious George deck, that deck that uh, uh, Mike Denae made and won a Grand Prix. Yeah. Like, I I, uh, almost won a PTQ with it. We were playing a version in Standard with, like, 
um, what's this guy? I can't remember the name. Thalicos Drifters. UU2 for 3-3, three, three, discard two cards. He's unblockable and so on. Sure. We put, like, curiosity on him to not even break even to win the game. Like, that deck was really good. Like, it actually won a Grand Prix. And, like, this would have just been the best creature in standard. So you, don't think, you don't think this is playable? Six mana, you put it on... Like, at six mana, you, you get it, it on... you got to consider this as the forecaster, not not, a, not at the bestow cost. Imagine getting this on a, like... On a what? Invisible stalker? There's no invisible stalkers anymore. I know. I mean, there, you, there's nothing you can imagine that you really want to invest six for. But plus three, plus three, and Ophidian is great, but Ophidian itself is an ability that implies you're playing a long game. Right. It's not an explosive amount of card advantage. It's a grindy amount of card advantage. Right. Like... Six is not like, oh, yeah, let's play a real long game while I make a gigantic guy to bash you with evasion. Like, those aren't those aren't congruous from a constructed strategy standpoint. I, you got to look at it. You got to look at it as a, a three, three, four, four with a substantial amount of upside. I actually think maybe if you catch someone unawares, like you somehow are in a matchup where they don't have any creature removal and they can't do three. Then if they also can't stop you from casting a four, it might be sweet if they don't have any blockers. <laughs> So, so you're saying delete? I want to save it, like, but it's just I can't even imagine a situation where you would get very much money out of it. This is not the this is not the price we want. It's not remotely the card we want. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a card you have to love. Uh, Voyages end. One you instant return target creature with its hand. Scry one. I mean, I have one PTQs with such worse <laughs> cards than this. Odds you don't play this in. Just about any deck that has blue and standard for the next two years. Um, I'll probably play it. I mean, I played a lot of Cyclonic Rifts, and Tim Gillum, who listens to the podcast, right now, right this second, is steaming because we were playing for a slot, and he's attacking me for lethal with his Arami token, and I'm like, activate my Sensei's Divining Top, flip it, consuming Vortex, your guy during combat. He's like, why did you wait? <laughs> Why didn't you just show it to me? And I was like, eh. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, the reason was I actually brain farted. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, am I dead? I'm like, oh no, ever since he's divining top in place, sweet. <laughs> Maybe there's something good there. There we go. It's a consuming vortex. Right before the PTQ, me and Satan were like, oh, do we really need to play four gnarled masses? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just play two consuming vortexes. I'm like, okay. And then I won the PTQ with one of them. Nice. Consuming vortex is much worse than Voyage's End. Yeah, I mean, this card's just sweet, right? Yeah, it's good. I would definitely play it. So it's target creature. It's not. You know, oh, you just want time. Yeah. Like, it's, uh... And also, with all, the, like, the bestowy things, and, and if people are playing auras, and, you know, obviously there's a push towards playing auras. Like, this card's awesome against Fiendslayer Paladin. Right. And also, it's awesome against Token Generation. If you're, like, you know, there's gonna be, like, Advent of the Worm, for example. This card is insane versus Advent of the Worm straight up, right? Right. Like... You spend a card, I spend a card. You spend four, I spend two. I scry. You just have... You cry. You cry. <laughs> like, it's... It's... Scry I mean, Baby. It's, Can we call the deck Scry Baby? Whatever this deck is that has four Voyages End and four God's Dwelling. I mean, it's interesting that they're... Scry Baby! That they're replacing Augur Bulls with the Scry version and Rotating Snapcaster Mage. Because if these cards were in standard together, it would be, like, absurd. You might not even... You might not need a second color. Like, how absurd... You probably play white, but... <laughs> But it would be absurd. Yeah. So Scry Baby's a save? This is a save, yeah. I mean, it's not a 4-0, but yeah. it's good. 
uh, Wave Crash Triton to you for Merfolk Wizard Common. Uh, and then Heroic, whenever you cast a spell... So 1-4 tar- for 3. 1-4 for 3. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Wave Crash tit- Triton, tap target creature and opponent controls. Creature is not untapped during its controller's next untap step. I think this is the kind of card you want to build a deck around in Limited, maybe. There's a there's kind of a line that you could follow playing oh, yeah. a bunch of these things. But I, I just don't see this being competitive and constructed. No. No. Delete. Right. I, I don't I don't see it. Yeah, there's another blue card that got saved out of order, so let me just get that guy jump in ahead. here. Yeah, I'll jump ahead. Master of Waves. This was card spoiled today on the site. This is Gavin Berhe, yeah. 3U. Protection from red. Elemental creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Two one. Okay. When Master of Waves enters the battlefield. Put a number of one zero blue elemental creature tokens onto the battlefield equal to your devotion to blue. This card is unbelievably good. Yeah. Like, I actually just want to think about crappy ways to play non-creature blue permanents. Sure. To just get them in play and then just slam this thing down. Imagine you're just, like, spreading seas your opponent out. Yeah. Like, imagine you're playing this, like, your opponent's playing red deck and you're just, like, you know... Dirtle, like, I don't know, like, a detention sphere that, you know, like, right. I mean, I'm just saying, border post, or again, it's not, like, border post isn't the, the literal thing you would do, but, like, whatever crappy way you can get blue mana symbols into play, and you're sure. just like, destroy you <laughs> and all your children for a thousand generations. Right, so it just makes an army of two ones. And it's just a two one pot red. Right. Just, like, craps on Rakdos Cackler. Right. Yeah, this, this card's good. It's awesome. Save. save. Yeah, save. I mean, at the very least, it's going to be 3-2, um, right? Because he has its, his own... He doesn't get a bonus. Oh, he doesn't... It's other creatures you control get plus one plus No, 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 no. His blue mana symbol in the top right will produce Oh, yeah, token. absolutely. His blue yeah. mana symbol will count to your devotion yeah. minimum. So at, That's minimum, at the minimum, you're getting four power for four mana. Oh, yeah, because they're 1 0. They're 1 0. Yeah, he's actually yeah. unreal. All of those tokens are 2 1. In blue? Yeah. I was only thinking of him as a 3. He's a 4? Yeah. I, you, know, oh. card, you know what card I really want to try with that him. guy? Just <laughs> but I'm saying, you know what I want to hold the ground with? Frostborn Weird. Oh, there's a lot of use in that. <laughs> oh, I mean, just like the crappiest freaking Travis <laughs> Wu cards. <or> anything. <laughs> Frostborn Weird. Play this guy. Is get it, three, two, one. Is it Satacaster? Yeah. I love it. Is it Satacaster? Yeah, yeah. I, I like that guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Now I'm going to use my as a Satacaster to kill the bejesus out of the other guy's crap. <gasps> Red. Ooh. Ugh. Yep. Oh, we'll have to do some. So we'll have to do some noodling over this. Yeah, this, this card seems really good to me. Mm. What other? What other um, hybrid? Blue red cards were there in the last set. Uh, you know what? I what about the UU um, the Demir 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 guy, the two three that like muse vessels in them when you hit him. Oh, that guy's good. You just play him on turn three, then you play this guy in turn four. You're just like four tokens. But, I mean, keep in mind that if you played a Frostborn, we could be like mono blue aggro. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. I, I I like it. You know, what's our first turn play? Sensory deprivation. There, Rakdos Cackler. We're on the draw. Done. 
Right? Just imagine that. I mean, obviously, this is like some. Like, you is know, there like some like craptacular, casting cost blue uh, enchantment artifacts creature? I don't know. Well, like to see garbage pile. But uh, but even if you did that, you'd be like two. You'd have two blue mana symbols on turn two. You'd have five blue mana symbols on turn three. Turn four, you play that. That's six, and you're putting twelve. You're putting twelve. You're putting fourteen points of power into play that turn. Is there, did we play it like an enchantment that's like all creatures gain haste on turn one with you? <laughs> you all creatures well, gain I mean, haste. You could, build, you could build the deck. If you build the deck, is it? You could actually go on turn four play Ogre Battle Driver. Yeah. Which is, oh, well. which doesn't devote you. No, but but, but, <laughs> but next turn you're like Bleh. this card's really good. Yeah, the is it deck might just be. Really and you good. can't kill it. That's the thing. Like it's unkillable. Yeah. You need to kill it with black cards. Yeah. Speaking of black cards. Okay, yeah, we're on to black. Abhorrence Overlord. Abhorrence Overlord is 5 BB rare demon. He's expensive. He's a 6-6 six, six flyer. Only 6-6 six, six for 7? Only six, He doesn't even have blue creature yeah. stats. Yeah. Uh, when Abhorrence Overlord enters the battlefield, put a number of 1-1 one, one black harpy creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield equal to your devotion to black. So actually for 7 mana, you're getting 8 points of power. Minimum. He's good. It's like a little expensive. Yeah. Can we cheat him in? That's what I want to do. I don't want to pay retail on him. Seven's a lot. Yeah. But we uh, can play that same that same it guy. The, it enters the battlefield, so you 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 don't have to pay full price for him to you know you just have to somehow get him into play. Bog Brew Witch has got a black in my corner. Festering oh, Newt. I like him, kind of. I'm not deleting him. I see you, like, crinkling up your eyebrows. Yeah. I, we, we haven't seen a lot of takers today, that was a, That was a taker. That was a save. Great. That Great. Was, that how, was come a, you, how long did you, like, hey, turn, turn around, old man? <laughs> Windmills. I wrinkled my nose. I thought that was... I know, but, like, that was I was looking at an abhorrent overlord. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Save or delete? Um, reluctant save. Reluctant save, yeah. but probably delete. Reluctant save. Yeah. Like, it's going to be, like, just going to move further and further back in your trade binder all season until eventually you crap rare it. Oh, man. Boros Reckoner has got to be the best devotion guy of all time. He's really good. I didn't even think about him. You just set, use him to set up Heliod? Yeah. He's You're just online, right? Yeah, yeah. Anything Boros Reckoner Heliod and yeah. you're online. Yeah. Or you just don't do that and then you activate Heliod the next turn. He's actually better, right? Right. He's not summoning sick if you activate in the next turn, right? I don't believe so. Because he was in play? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah I believe yeah, that's just factory rules apply. That's like insanely better than actually having a Heliod yeah. set up, right? So oh, saying, no, he's indestructible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually set him up. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Cavern Lampad. So, Crazy Border. Crazy Border. A Bestow. 3B. For an enchantment creature, Nymph. 2-2. Two, two, with Bestow. Again, Bestow is 6. Uh, so, this is an Intimidate creature. And if you play its bestowed cost, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and that's intimidate. Like, maybe we're just, like, misreading or misparsing how bestow is going to work and constructed, but I just can't ever see paying six mana to enchant a creature. Yeah, this is a delete for sure. Okay. I mean, this is a complete waste of the crazy board. And the art is gorgeous. That, I mean, it's a, a gorgeous piece of art. Uh, and it matches the border. Yeah, it's beautiful. Gray Merchant of Asphodel. On the other hand, this is just terrible. Smart. It's not good. <laughs> it's really bad. Who did this? 
Robbie Treving? Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself, Robbie. Not a great piece. 3BB, zombie. 2-4, uh, it's a common. When gray for five, mer- yeah. When, yeah, for five. When gray merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So he's a highway robber. Yeah, it's kind of cool. As he stands at five mana. Highway robbers only cost four. Yes, I know, but I'm saying when he comes to yeah. play, he's, he's going to minimum highway robber your opponent. He's kind of cool. And you gain life? You gain the life. He's like a... He's like, and he's got four butt? Yeah. He might be good. He might be good. I, I, I think I like him. You hold off the you hold off the little uh, Naya Blitz deck with this guy. You go kill, kill, kill this guy. Block your next thing, gain two, cast another one. That next one gains four and flips. Well, if you, yeah, if you had some way to, like, chain these guys or bring them back from the I, graveyard. This reminds me of when I played the Laquatus' champion at Regionals. It was just, like, the best thing I ever thought of. Which Billy Moreno strangely referenced in his, like, farewell article at Watsi. Oh, nice. I, I didn't understand the reference. He's like, the first time I met Mike, he was talking about this. And I was thinking about how well I could defeat his deck. I went six and three. Well, my deck was awesome and won the national championship that year. So, so I'm just wondering where this story went. Like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, again, go, going back to this card, think about, again, that Night Vale Spectre we were talking yeah. about. With BBB and its casting cost. You know it's filthy? Like, like if you hit, if this guy hits for five... I think it's a good card. Yeah, I think he might he's be. He's like Laquatus. I, I think he's savable. He's very Laquatus' champion-ish. Yeah. And when he dies, you don't get the life back. Right. You can, you can, if you can bias your deck, you have, you have enough black mana symbols. And, Liliana yeah. of the Dark Realms. Yeah. Uh, read the Bones. This is a card people are pretty excited about. Um, but it's it's hard. To, it's expensive. Yeah, it's, it's three mana, so it's 2B for a sorcery common. Scry two, then draw two. Which is pretty exciting, I gotta admit. But you lose two life. I don't like it. I mean, you're gonna play this card. It's too expensive. You know you're gonna play. There's this too card. many things that I could play instead. So you tell. So so what can I extract from you? I end what up promise playing can I extract Pilgrim's Eye. I played <laughs> Pilgrim's Eye. What can Leave I extract me alone? If I just check in in the in the like tournament practice room. In the next three months. I won a 5K with Pilgrim's Eye. And I see you. Do you remember the conversation we had? You're like, you're going to play Pilgrim's Eye. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I see you reading Bones. What is that worth to me? I don't know. What is that worth to me? Bragging rights that I played Pilgrim's Eye. All right. I'm just. I don't think it's that good. I understand. It's three. I understand. I'm not even saying it's good. I'm just saying. If I got scribed to not lose two life, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite card. But it's not. I lose two life. All right. I don't like it at all. Okay. I'll probably play it, sure. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Delete. <laughs> Just get it out of there. Delete, but not but I permanently. Will, but not <laughs> as soon as the as soon as the set comes out, undelete. <laughs> uh, here's another card people were pretty excited about uh, at the, the PAX party, where the Magic Party in PAX this weekend it was one of the cards that was previewed there. Rescue from the Underworld. So this is just the opposite of the art of Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Yeah, this, <laughs> the this, opposite of the this art. Is, this it's, like, is, it's the this best art, art in the set. Just, I'm gonna curse. It's fucking terrific. It, it's so subtle. Yeah, I love this art. This is uh, Raymond Swanland, who, who's very good. It's probably digital, because I mean, then he couldn't sell the original. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, is, I did this awesome piece of art. Here's a PSD file. Yeah, this is just stunning. So, anyway, but the card is also pretty good. It's 4B for an instant. Instant. As an additional cost to cast 
Rescue from the Underworld, sacrifice a creature. Choose target creature card in your graveyard. Return that card and the sacrifice card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next upkeep. Exile Rescue from the Underworld. So it's very flavorful. Um, uh, it's the, like a weird kind of death's duet sort of card. Sure, I mean, it's very flavorful also. Of, 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 and now I'm not going to remember who goes into the underworld to rescue. Orpheus? Yeah, is that he goes down? And, I don't know. Persephone? Don't know. Yeah. Something Somebody like, like from Sandman, right? <laughs> <laughs> I read a Sandman story that was yeah. similar to this. But, like, you could, you could do some pretty filthy things with this, too. I mean... You gotta exile it, otherwise it would make a crazy loop, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, get my Archaeomancer, and... Yeah, but... Archaeomancer, you say? Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, this will be a, a fierce card in Mental Magic. Yeah, it's a fierce... <laughs> you, you don't think this card is gonna see play in Standard? Um, I think and it's instant like... instant speed on Burial Rites? It's like that, uh, card, um, her, what's the name of it? Like, Heroic Destiny or something? Gift of Immortality? Yeah. I think it's like that, where you, like have this great incentive to play it under very certain conditions and then you'll win an attrition fight. Right. Like, I think that in order for this card to be good, you have to be willing to play a game that is going to come down to an attrition fight because games that are that come down to speed are not going to be decided sure. by this. Or that come down to, to raw power and I could be decided by this. Like, this isn't scaring anybody's acre length. Right? <laughs> They're like, oh, how clever you got two guys. Attack for eight, unblockable. Untap block your guy again. You know, like... So, uh, but go go back for a second to Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Oh, so if I made a deck of all Grey Merchant of Asphodels well, and like no no I'm done, <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> like no, no that's our deck. <laughs> okay, sacrifice Grey Merchant. Get back to Grey Merchant. Nightfall Specter. Yeah. Build the honor of the Dark Realms. No no you just had to say Grey Merchant. Okay. My deck is all fives. <laughs> And not really card advantage. No, not really. <laughs> We're breaking even on five, guys. Well, actually, each Grey Merchant will come in for foursies. Yeah. That's like eight on two Grey Merchants. Yeah. I'm a buyer. <laughs> this is the worst state's deck I've ever played. I'm a buyer. <laughs> See, I, I like this card a lot. I think this card's very exciting, especially with the battlefield effects. Like yeah. Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Buyer. Oh, yeah. Um, Thoughtsies. Thoughtsies. Garbage. Thoughts. Delete um, your opponent's best card in hand. So I was talking. I was talking to uh, KYT today, and he was asking. He's like, "All right, which which of your angelic chord decks is the best one?" Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't know honestly. I was like, I really like my deck more going forward after rotation. Are you, you're talking about your your one that has the Archangel of Thune? Yeah. It's way better than the deck that I made. Yeah. He's like, you know, but. He's he keeps like, asking me about it. I'm like, I think that Brian sex better. He's like, how does it beat Control? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they'll reprint Thoughtseize. I, I actually thought that the, the version that I made that had the Bogbrewich combo that was just, like, way faster. Yeah. Was, it's fine against Control. And it's I, awesome against Beatdown. The thing that I was, like, I, well, I, I really, stunned at how good the deck was against yeah, Beatdown. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and, that's, and that's the glaring hole in my version is Stromkirk Noble. Just dead. First turn festering, Newt. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your play? It's like Pillar of Flame or no. They're not going to have Pillar of Flame anymore. Like, trades with everything on turn one. Yeah. And if you ever get it going, they're just boned. And somebody in the forums was like, why don't you play Orzhov Charm? And I'm like, well, I'm already playing Tragic Slip. And they're like, rebuys the Festering new. And you're like, oh, game, boys. So, yeah, also, by the way, Rescue from the Underworld. So kind of a lot to play for a Festering new. I'm a buyer. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, get you festering needs back into play with a cauldron on the board. So Thoughtseize, obvious save. I mean, cross-format all-star. Save your old Thoughtseizes. <laughs> Likely to be the best card in the set, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now we're on red! Uh, a Crone Crusader. Red one drop. This is... Now this card seems exciting to me. Red one drop. Yeah. What's it got? What do we got? It's a 1-1 one, one for one. Yeah. So Billy is already... Got I don't know what my next fifty six cards are. But they're letting Billy Moreno play magic again. Yeah. <laughs> but he's gonna you know he would play this card. And then it has um, heroic whenever you cast a spell that targets a crone crusader, put a one one red soldier creature token with haste onto the Are you field. kidding me? <laughs> That's a card? Yeah. So you're just like I just attack you on turn on turn two. Madcap skills. I play this guy, madcap skills it, and attack you for five. Yeah, this is a really good card. Yeah, this card's good. Uh, and again, with Young Pyromancer and all the stuff you can do there... Blood Rush is not a, a spell that's targeting, is it? No, it is not. I don't believe so. It's an ability. It's an ability of the card. I mean, this card is sweet. You know, there's still, like... Um, madcap skills. There's madcap skills. There's the... there's. I mean, if you're playing Boros, there's still Ethereal Armor. There's the uh, red one, plus two, plus two, and then for Mountain you, you give it flying... I think the one with Mountain Walk is cycling out. But, uh... Clearly a playable card. Yeah. There's, like, giant growth-ish effects, aren't yeah. there? Protection. Give this guy protection from a color. Scry one. On upkeep. On upkeep. Enchant uh, my mountain. <laughs> yeah. This is a complicated set because we did this game. <laughs> this card's good, though. It's right? good. I think this might be one of the better cards in the set. It's good. For sure. It's going to get played. Uh, Ember Swallower. It's a sweet uh, picture. It's a Swedish picture. It looks a little bit... Derivative like, of, of a Masticore? Yeah, something like that. 2RR for an elemental creature. 4-5. Four. Four, this is a rare. Um, so it has 5RR monstrosity 3. When Amber Swallower becomes monstrous, each player sacrifices 3 lands. This card's insane. It's a 4-5 four, for 4 in red? Yeah. And then it just, he's like, just, wildfires? He's just good. And then, yeah, and then just wildfire. It's like seven to make a monstrous, though. It is seven. I mean, this card is going to be a nightmare card in Commander, honestly. I am really not... I mean, this card's just good. Yeah. Like, if you just ever get to seven, he's still a four, five, four, four, which isn't the best thing ever, but it's in red. It's not like a green creature. Right. And if, yeah, and if you and if you monstrous him, he's a seven, eight. And, and he's got two R's, right? So right. he's, like, devoting red. I mean, he's kind of, like, vaguely sundering Titan-ish. I think he's just really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like him. He's rare? Regular rare? rare. Regular rare. Regular rares only cost like $3. Sometimes. I mean, they've been going up. You've been seeing better better rares. Yeah, I think this card's just really good. I mean, 7 is a lot to ask for to make him monstrous. But at that point, he's like a 7-8? Yeah. I'll have to ask P. Sully what he thinks about it. I think this is a good card. He certainly feels like... The very least, a sideboard staple for. I can see. I can see. Destroy see destroy control. Yeah. Like okay. Ugh. Can I make him unmonstrous somehow? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's ways to like blink creatures, right? I assume. Uh, Flame speaker adept. Two. R, so, so we're saying save. Save, yeah. Flame speaker adept. Two R for a human shaman. Two three creature. Uncommon. Whenever you scry. Flame Speaker Adept gets plus two, plus zero, and gains first strike until end of turn. This is just a personal insult to us. 
Just a car that's much better than her Loon Minotaur. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's much better. Um, I mean, but we like scrying more than we like Minotaurs. Like, if we could have a... I mean, we're talking about a Greek myth set. <laughs> Minotaurs should be at the forefront. They're in here. They're coming up. This card is not good enough for constructed... Am I wrong? It's I mean, kind of like... Flame... What's the name of that? Flamekin... Flamekin Zealot? Or Flamekin... I don't know. Fiend... Fiend... Kiln Fiend. Kiln Fiend, yeah. It's kil- Kiln Fiend. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know how much scrying you're going to play, but... I don't think it's good enough for constructed. It's cute, though. I... I, I would kind of want to not save it, but put it in, like, a temporary folder where I can forget about it later. If it cost WW, it would be insane. Right. But it doesn't. It costs R2. Yeah. It would be like... Yeah, it, it's, I, I'm fine. I'm fine deleting this. A limited all-star, probably. Oh, it's just living trick. Yeah. Speaking of all-stars... Crazy Border. Hammer of Perforous. One RR Legendary Enchantment Artifact. It's a rare. Creatures you control have haste. I like it already. Creatures it's you like control a Fires of Yavimaya to start Fires of Yavimaya. Two are tap. There's more text. Sacrifice a land. Put a 3-3 three, three colorless golem enchantment artifact creature token. It's a mouthful. Onto the battlefield. So you're just like... It's permanent. It's not like until the end of turn or anything like that. It's just... You're just launching lands at them. Yes. You're like... Uh, just going to convert my land into a 3-3, attack you. This is obviously a good card, right? Like, yeah, you play this on insane. turn two off of an accelerator, and then you play that 4-5 that for four on the next turn, and then you're just, like, literally sending every extra land at them as a 3-3 haste golem. Yeah. I mean, talk about cards that are just devastating against control, right? This is just your way to win control. Yeah. <laughs> this card's just good. It's really good. Yeah. Ordeal of Perforos. I think we talked about this card already. Oh, let's look at it again now that we've seen... Oh, that's a keeper. You put it on that, that one drop. Yeah. So whenever Enchanted Creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yeah. Gorgeous art as well. Yeah. This card's just good. Yeah, this definitely puts on the one drop. Interesting right. decks are going to come out of this. Yeah. So you were talking about Minotaurs, Rage Blood Shaman, 1RR Creature Minotaur Shaman, rare, 2-3. So... Herlun Minotaur-ish numbers. Trample. Other Minotaur creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have trouble. Probably, probably good buddies with our friend Boros Reckoner. Probably pretty good with Boros Reckoner. Probably okay with Chameleon Colossus. Chameleon <laughs> Colossus? Tarin uh, Mauler. Tarin Mauler, sure. Yeah, uh, I think I think this might be a keeper. Assuming, assuming there's some... Um, I mean, if it's just, I mean, even if it's just, just him and Boris Reckoner, I think he might be good enough. So, save. Stone Shock Giant, 3RR for a 5-4. So, 5 for a 5-4. Five, 5 for a 5-4. And then he has Monstrosity 8, 6RR, Monstrosity 3. When Stone Shock Giant becomes monstrous, creatures without flying your opponent's control can't block this turn. Mm, next. Uh, that was a lot of text to get to. The next. Discord says Titan in the title. Does it say Primeval next? It to does the not. Title? It says Titan of Eternal Fire. It costs five R. So it's a, and it's a five six rare giant. Nice Titan is only five six for six. Yeah, come on. Come on. Each human creature you control has R. Tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. Uh, this is the kind of card that like. MJ 
and Chapin would like finish a game with in like a weird way that you didn't see three turns earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's exactly what, I mean, it seems like a fine body. It seems like it's potentially a powerful finisher. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not screaming to save it, but you're not, mean, you're not, if you don't have a human in play, he's just a terrible six, right? Yeah, I, I think we can delete. I think he might have some... What was that like, Fury Stroke Giant that uh, the first time Ferrando qualified for something hit Fury Stroke Giant? I still don't understand how that works. Sure. You're not going to play a Crow and Crusader in the same deck as this No. Game. Yeah, I... You're I just going to delete it? I, I, I can live with that. I, 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 I feel like he has something, though. I mean, we'll, 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 you know, we, again, we're going to go back and do all the col- cards in each color in a separate thing, and we're going to review everything. So we'll have a chance to synthesize the whole set and... You know, still his stats it. are not. We're still going to delete it, but you know, there's a chance maybe we won't. Uh, uh, Anthusa Satessan Hero. So this is three GG for a four five legendary creature human warrior. So five mana for a four five, right. way worse than a four mana for a four five. Sure, and it's in green. But it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Anthusa Satessan Hero, up to three target lands you control. Each become two two warrior creatures until end of turn. They're still lands. So this is you like, know I love this. I was like, this is like your druid buddy. Yeah. I'm deleting it. You are? I don't like it. The problem is, by the time you get this into play, how many cards are you going to have in hand that you can target it with? I mean, it just says Doomblade. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> Actually, there's there's probably cards that that make this very valuable. Um. What comes to mind? Cards that aren't publicly okay. <laughs> spoiled yet. I see. <laughs> so you want to you want to reserve this? I'm or? reserving. I'm not. I'm, I I don't really want to keep it, but I think it's pos. Sure. Yeah. You'll give him a. You'll give him like a couple weeks to get his act together. Yeah, and re- he's got like his, his conditional probation. His yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll review your file in a little while, Fisa. Uh, commune with the gods. That's a promising name. One G sorcery common. Reveal the top five cards of your library. You may put a creature or enchantment card from among them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. Do we have life from alone in this set? Because it would be really good for some of the cards. Um, this card's probably probably going to see some kind of play. It costs one mana too much. Commune with nature was only G. Mulch is one G. I mean, community. Yeah, but most of it might also put four cards in your hand. Tracker's Instinct has flashback. Okay. This card costs one mana too much. Commune with it's commune with nature. Sure. It's actually crappier than commune with nature. But what if you really want to bestow card? I mean, then your deck's probably not very good anyway. So. I, I'm gonna pass on this one. Sure. And I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it feels like getting cards into your graveyard has been a reliable strategy. It feels like this card should be good, and I don't think it's good enough. Okay. All right. We'll it's, a, it's worse than Tracker's Instinct, agree? Yes, agree. It's worse than Mulch. But we don't worse have than those, Community Nature. But we don't have those cards. Yeah, so we're just not going to play that strategy anymore. Maybe. But in, but there are cards that want us to play. In black? Yeah. We can try to set that up, though. Rescue from the Underworld? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean... I, I, so three turns from now, we can get some value? I mean, like... Sure. Maybe. I All right. Don't know. All right, so... Oh. We're going to make a hard delete here? Yeah, I don't like it. All right, we're deleting. Hunt the Hunter. That's the card I was talking about. That's spoiled. Oh, look at that. G. Target green creature you control. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. It fights target green creature and upon controls. 
By the way, another card I think might be really good uh, because of Heroic is Pit Fight. Yeah, this is just ten times better than Pit Fight. Obviously, this is ten times this is ten times better than Pit Fight. But Pit Fight's an instant. Yeah, and is also fine. Like I would happily Pit Fight my Enthusa. Yeah, so that's the, the, this this card is the reason why I was kind of uh, right. So, reserving judgment. So Pit Fight your guy. Three of my lands become creatures. Attack with everybody. Yeah, like you knock their best blocker out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, my guy's a six seven now. Still deleting. You deleting this? No, Hunt the Hunter is a probably a top ten card in the set. Yeah, this card's really good, especially with heroic. Again, this is also really good with our st- stupid red one drop, the champion. Oh, it's got to be a green creature yeah. though. Damn it. This is like a probably largely a sideboard card. Sure. Karametra's uh, Acolyte. 3G for a human druid, 1 4. Add an amount of G to your mana pool equal to your devotion to green. <laughs> so, I mean, this card is just like to show off devotion, and it's not good enough. Right. So, like, your best case scenario with this card is that you get it into play on turn 3. Yeah, and then. So you go turn six. 1 elf, turn 2 elvish arch druid. In which case, you already have six mana on turn three. He just doesn't have any upside. Like, it may be in block, where there's a limited right. amount of acceleration, sure. but it's it's so not going to be good. Yeah, I could see this guy getting played in block. Not in standard, though. Probably not, no. I mean, if, you, if you're paying four for your acceleration, it's usually something that's really powerful, like an explosive. You know who likes this card? Who? Rashad Miller. But he plays a mono-green druid deck in Commander. <laughs> Always comes back to Commander for you. Well, this is this is clearly a Commander card. Okay. Uh, Nessian Asp. Uh, it's four, four and a green for a four or five reach creature. Not a promise. It's a guess. snake. So this is the portion of our podcast where we are taunting John Becker, or Wizards is taunting John Becker for us by making a reach creature that is not a spider. And it has Monstrosity 4. For seven mana, I'm just gonna delete this guy and move on. Yeah, and his art is crappy. Yeah, and we're gonna get to Nylea, God of the Hunt. This is three G legendary that looks like a goddess in the hunt. Yeah, legendary enchantment creature, God, indestructible. Uh, so it's the same thing as as uh, Heliod. Six six for four though. This is a six six for you. This is a little bigger. As long as your devotion to green is less than five, Nylea isn't a creature. Other creatures you control green gain trample. It's okay. But then three G target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. I'm not so, that excited about this. It's really, like really mana mana heavy to do stuff. Like if you can get this down though, like you can get this you can get your devotion to this thing. You could be attacking with this thing on turn four with devotion. Yeah, it's like a haunted wumpus-ish thing. Like, there's a lot of cards that it's are like this. It's indestructible. I think we're gonna we're gonna be bouncing and scrying these garbage guys. I mean, like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, people are oh, gonna. Oh yeah. Oh man, Voyage's End is awesome. I'm gonna with be these, with these with these uh, god turns. I'm gonna be spending my weekends <laughs> bouncing gods. I'm like, oh, yeah. It was cute that you thought you were gonna do that. Yeah. Bounce that scry. Oh, yeah. Draw some cards and scry again with my thing I said I wasn't going to play. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right, we've already talked about Polychronos, World Eater. This guy's just good, Sweet. Right? It's probably like one of the flagship cards of the set. Five, five for four. Like, he's just Deadbridge Goliath, plus, plus, plus. Yeah, his monstrosity is also reasonable. 
uh, Reverend Hunter. So this is uh, 2G for a 1-1, human archer. Uh, when Reverend Hunter enters the battlefield, put a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to your devotion to green. So if you played like a first turn uh, Elf. Elv- Elvish Mystic and you play this guy in the second turn, that's two Gs already, right? So he's going to be a 3-3. Three, three. He comes in as, as a gnarled mass. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty sweet. If you play him later in the game, he's going to get bigger and bigger. Worst case scenario, he's a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. But you could probably, like, reset him or something. Sure, is he... I, he... I think he's probably pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he's just, like, very gnarled mass-ish. Like, if you have things that are focused on devotion to green... I'm like, what if you just played him on, like... Imagine he's, like, a Sarah Avenger, right? And you played him on turn six instead. Sure. He's just, like, an 8-8. Eight, eight. Like... It's probably going to be really good. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm in. I think he's good. I mean, you can also just play him like in a green beatdown deck that plays like the Colonian Tusker on turn two. That's GG. Yeah. You know, you're like, and you could just, he could come into play on turn three as, you know, a 5-5. Five five. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cedar Hedonist. Talked we about talked about him time. already. Annex and Kometi. Ah, Daxos of Miletus. Interesting card. One W-U. Legendary creature, human soldier, 2-2. Two, two. Daxos of Miletus can't be blocked by creatures with power 3 or greater. Whenever Daxos deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library, you gain life equal to that card's converted mana cost. Until end of turn, you may cast that card... And you may spend mana on it as though it were mana of any color to cast. Interesting card. Wasn't there like a Kithkin that was very similar to this? Also a 2-2 for WU and 1. Also gained life. Probably. Also had some sort of Ophidian-ish ability. I don't remember the name of that Kithkin. Yeah, I don't know. But either. you remember he, he existed, I, right? I mean, I, it sounds like something that would have existed. I feel like this should be a good card. I mean, you got to get it through... I mean, big guys giant growth, can't block giant it. Giant growth, your creature attack. I'll be honest with you. I'm just scrying the bejesus out of all their blockers anyway. Sure. So. I mean, this is a great guy to scry with. You know. Yeah. So you, I, I think this is a playable card. Sure, playable. Destructive Revel. Awesome. Talked about it last time, right? Yeah, we did. Awesome. I mean, even better now because we've seen how many enchantment-y things there are. Artifact enchantments. And we're just counter-squalling the bejesus out of people. Yeah. Hollis Crusher. Nice picture. Who did that one? This is uh, Chase, Chase Stone. Stone. This doesn't sound like a real name. 2RG for a trample protection from art enchantments, which is meaningful if in a world where gods are walking the earth. Oh, yeah. He could just, like, block a god, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it has... It's a 4-4. Four, 4-4 four. Four, four for 4. 4-4 four, four for 4. And then it has Monstrosity 3 for 6 mana. 4RG... And then whenever Polish Crusher deals combat damage to a player, if it's monstrous, destroy target enchantment that player controls. So he doesn't kill gods, though. No, well, they're indestructible anyway. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't kill gods. Yeah. But I think he's he's got some upside. Sure. He unchains things from rocks. He's got he's to gotta compete with, uh, with uh, Gorklan. But doesn't Gorkley, have to compete right, with he's compete Master with Gorkley, of the Bells anymore. Right, he's got to compete with Gorkline Rampager. He's got to compete with Polychronus at the four slot. He's got to compete with Ember Dude at the four slot. I think in a green-red deck, he's probably better than the Ember Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're both good. Yeah. So, and then uh, Underworld. So, save. 
I think save, yeah. Save, I think but we're not, not, not super enthused. He kills enchantments. I mean, yeah. that seems like a, exactly what you want in and this And he has format. protection from enchantments. So he can, block, big, yeah. he can block gods all day. Uh, Underworld Sarah. I don't Cerberus. understand this card. I, don't, I, I really don't understand how they decided to make this set. 3BR. So, Creature Hound, 6-6. Six, so, six. Before we get he's a 5-drop in black-red for 6-6. Six, six. Like, forget about any other stats. I don't know if that's good enough in 2013. But that's an interesting, hell of a starting point. Yes. Right? And, because he's got all this text on it. Okay, so, Underworld Cer- Cerberus can't be blocked except by three or more creatures. So, so not he's got, unblockable. He's got, like, built-in evasion. Because he's taking somebody down if they fight. Cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Which is a powerful ability. And when Underworld Cerberus, Cerberus dies, exile it, and each player returns... All creature cards from his or her graveyard to his or her. How awesome is this against low creature decks? Yeah. Like, you, it's just like... Oh, are you going to Wrath? Okay. I mean, you just, like, get into a attrition position. They have to Wrath, right? Then you just play Underworld Cerebus. Then you have to they kill it. Like, right. it's... And it's just like a 6-6 six, six for 5? Yeah. Like, this card is insane. It seems really good. I think this is a clear save. I mean, it's just like a Windmill Slam sideboard card, right? Like... Yeah, it might, it might mystery. I mean, maybe it's even main deckable. It's like really good. I mean, it you know, seems really good. I think main deckable might be a stretch because your opponent might get a substantial advantage on it. Sure. But like, it's got a lot of upside. Sure. I mean, you can also do stuff to their graveyard before he comes down. I mean, like, he's like a good setup man for demonic rising. Sure. Like, really, really. Yeah, this card's. I, I think this card's just good. Uh, Witch's eye. One for equipment. Equip creature has one tap. Scry one. Equip one. How awesome would this card be if it was just equip zero? Yeah. <laughs> Delete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx. Uh, add one to your mana pool. Colorless. It's a land. Uh, two tap. Choose a color. Add to your mana pool an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion of that color. So this is essentially a Cabal Coffers-ish sort of this card. It's good. It's interesting. It's legendary. So it's interesting, not good. You don't think this is good? I think it's playable. Remember all the, like, sevens, monstrouses, and all the bestows that we've just been dismissing out of hand? Now they suddenly get... But it's legendary. Sure. Like, Cabal Coffers wasn't legendary. Yeah, but, but, but and this it also, taps for one actually. It does tap for one, and it also means I can play this, use its ability, play another one, sack the one I've tapped under the new legend rules, and like you know do like multiple Kamal Kafir things. All right, I mean I, I was a buyer at it already, so I was already going to say that it was not a non-delete. Right. But I, I mean I wouldn't like I don't think it was good. Sure. But, but now think, I think of it as highly but think playable. Think about this now with the guy that's destroyed three. Both players sacrifice three lands. Oh, you could level him up. You level him up. You have this. They don't. Yeah. So, like, suddenly you still have a. Or you can just even sack this and then play your next one. Right. Yeah, it's it's. I think yeah, it's better than I thought. I think this card's good. I mean, and, I'll, I'll and be, I th- go ahead. I, I mean, I, I think we're gonna have to go back and when we do the full set review, yeah. like, you know, and we have the whole set again to synthesize. I think this card might change some of our evaluation. Are we gonna Are we gonna be looking at a? A format that's more similar to like onslaught block, where a lot of like even like the goblin deck has like twenty seven lands. 
It's possible. You know, like, you know, a lot of like the Temple of the False God decks had like 28 lands and yeah. uh, eight drop in, uh, legends and, <laughs> and a ton of enchantments. And it's you, very onslaught. And, and then you just get destroyed by the Akron champion on turn one. <laughs> Look, man. Yeah. That's how it is. Uh, and one, one last card, Pixis of Pandemonium. This was spoiled today on the site. I wanted this card to be good. I wanted it to be good. So, uh, one mana artifact. Each player exiles the top card of his or her library face down. It's a tap ability. And then it has seven tap sacrifice Pixis of Pandemonium. Each player turns face up all cards he or she owns exiled with Pixis Pandemonium and then puts all permanent cards among them onto the battlefield. So, if you're like Svimashwitz and you play nothing but permanents, right. then this would be... Potentially but an imbalancing card. Probably pretty good against a control deck. And you you play it in concert, maybe with uh, the legendary uh, Nykthos Shrine to Nyx to get the, get to your seven, maybe. Yeah, I could I could see playing this against. I could see sideboarding that against. Yeah, you're right. Deck. It's probably really good against control. You know, because like actually also could could and you also destroy their grave their their library. Right, and you think about the permanents that they tend to play in those control decks. They tend to be like little dudes. Like sometimes they're good. Sometimes they have an angel or whatever, but you're gonna, you know, I think if you're playing this, you're also just playing yeah, it. This is like hypergenesis ish, right? Like, what right. if you just had like a bunch of monsters in your deck? Yeah. Like, and you're scrying them. Actually, this card's good. I, I think, like, actually with scry, you could be like, okay, scry, oh, yeah, I'm leaving that there. Activate my Pixis. Do something, scry. Activate my Pixis. I know what I'm putting under it. Yeah. You know. I like it better than I did a second ago. I think, especially considering it as a sideboard card against control, it's good pretty easy to uh, to imbalance the position of the game. So let's do a quick, what's the besties? Besties. Let's go. Top three besties. What, what are your picks? Uh, Cavalry, Pegasus, and no, I don't agree with you, Brian. Uh, God's willing? I have God's willing, yeah. I think Heliod's Heliod, really good. I agree. Uh, I think God's willing, Heliod, and uh, Gavin's card is what I would pick. Looking real quick, I, I think Voyager's End is actually going to be might be better than God's might Willing. be better than God's Willing. I think this card, again, especially with like indestructible God I mean, creatures. Voyager's End might be better than Heliod. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it trumps Heliod, right? I mean, the way I think about it, I was like, what do you think was what, what do you think was better in stand? I mean, forget about hype. What do you think was a better card in standard? Spreading Seas or Jace the Mind Sculptor? Right. <laughs> uh, I really like Rescue from the Underworld. I like it too. Thoughtseize oh, Thoughtseize is, is one of number those cards. one. I think a Crone Crusader is going to be yeah. an all-star. We needed a replacement for Swamp Urkinal Ball already, yeah. so. Uh, and I think the land, honestly. Hammer of Perforos. Hammer of Perforos is right up there. I think the land is going to be really good. I, I can respect that position. I, I really like it. I don't know what the deck is yet, but, you know, imagine playing that in an elf deck. Oh. You could do some gross... Gross things with that card. I, mean, I don't think it's big format good, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, because it taps for colorless. Like, yeah, it's like better than a Cabal Coffers. Like, I, I remember I lost a, a match regionals that year where I kept like Cabal Coffers hand when I just couldn't use the Cabal Coffers for a few turns. Right. So, um, interesting set so far. I, I think it's going to be very onslaughtish. I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I would be pretty happy if it's championing. I mean, we both like champions of Kamigawa. Oh, I love that. I think that's flavor-wise champion but I think gameplay-wise it's not champion Yeah, really, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of big, legendy kind of stuff. I, I, I guess I think of champions way different. I think of champions as a, a block that was about kind of progressive gameplay, mana acceleration, like, and then interplay between, like, really substantial bombs, like Gifts Ungiven, Umazawa's Jite, 
Um, but I but I feel like the quality of the cards that we still haven't even seen yet. And maybe it's champion. I, I like is, champions so much. Like it's gonna be champions without as off putting a uh, barrier to card pronunciation. It, it's interesting to me because I think of champions as one of my favorites. Kamigawa block, I should say. Matt Wang. Wow. Hey, what's up, Matt Wang? Uh, you, you just took a chance that we'd still be here at eight twenty. Yep. That's pretty awesome. So Matt Wang appeared, uh, and uh, I was just saying, I think Champion's one of my favorite sets of all time. Grand Prix Champion, Matt Wang. Yeah, I'm Grand Prix Champion. What kind of Grand Prix did you win in terms of set? I know what kind of in terms of format. Uh, Don't even remember, do you? It was Time Spiral. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't remember. (laughs) I remember there there was, like, tokens I'd take off and stuff like that. Well, I remember that you you guys got smallpox twice and just crushed them anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, um... The uh, the thing that I that, that I was thinking about champions, I talked to P. Sully about this. He thinks that champions was a horrendously designed set, like a design failure, because if you think about the attitude of the average player, he's like, oh, I like red decks, or I like, you know, I'm Craig Wesco, I like white decks. What white cards can I put into my white deck from from this set? What cards am I going to collect from this set? When you when you build a block or a set that's all about arcane, for example, there's no obvious way to be like, I'm going to add this card to this this strategy. I like because all the mechanics interplay within the set. I, I would argue, though, that that's one of the most resonant sets throughout the game since it was printed. Yeah, you and I like it a lot. I mean, it didn't just, sell very many copies. It didn't sell very many copies, but, like, gift stacks, like you said. You know, just in every format that's existed. And Jedis. Gifts and Jedis. Well, Jedis. Uh, those are individual dra- cards. Dragons. Though, yeah. The storm mechanic has become... Oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that, that's not I'm, the right block. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. This place... <laughs> The, the Splice Hunter Arcane Mechanic. No one has ever spliced outside of Champions is a big, Block. Is a big part of, like, Modern Masters. I'm just saying, like, that it's, 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 it's impact has been felt for every year going forward. I mean, you know that it's one of my favorites from a personal standpoint. Yeah. I would just point out, like, what Matt said a second ago. The two cards that you think of as the, chi- the, as the flagships of this block are, like, the knot of, knot of this block's... Uh, Mechanics. They're sure. not arcanes. Sure. And the fact that Jedi is legendary is completely incidental at this point. Sure, sure. So, um, what, where are we at? Oh, well, we're at low battery, so okay. I, we're going to stop at 137. Okay. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Bye, Matt. Bye. <laughs>